Greetings and welcome to the Skill Gap. My name is Italian Stallion. You might know me as Stallion or just Stallion Sama. Today we're going to be talking about many things, but before that, let me introduce the man beside me. Persian, how's it going? Good, man. Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good, but I'm kind of, you know, saturated in terms of FIFA because if you've been watching my streams, you'll know that this weekend I streamed over 20 hours. We did a Xbox playoffs viewer party and what that means essentially is that you know there was a pro tournament this week in the playoffs and we watched it all live on stream together with the viewers and so that that's kind of what we're going to talk about today we're going to talk about a little bit of the xbox playoffs there are some talking points some interesting things to consider from it and then you know we'll transition into some other things about skill gap and how you know is it possible to adapt but persian what you know general thoughts on the playoffs this weekend based I mean, on what you've seen i watched the first day i think it was how, how long did you stream, stream the first day like nine hours yeah you were there for a bit of that <laughs> yeah I, I sat through all of it dude i was there yeah start, start to finish on the first day and, and that was rough man like it's it's hard like to look at this game uh from a competitive standpoint it's hard to watch this game like it's really you, you keep seeing the same goals. You see the same play style, pretty much the same play styles. And you don't see any diversity at all. Like, it's all the same thing. And to my, to my surprise, to be fair, there weren't a lot of, like, people weren't spamming broken things infinitely. Obviously, the croquetta was 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 part of everyone's game plan. But we kind of expected more, like, flick-ups and tornadoes. And those were not as prevalent as we expected, right? Yeah, but yeah, and I don't know because I saw this going around in my chat when we were streaming. I don't know, and I haven't had confirmation if there was some sort of agreement between some of the players because in some games the tornadoes came out and maybe it was between Mm -hmm. players that didn't have agreement. So I don't know if you heard anything about that. No, I didn't. I I asked a couple people in the competitive scene. I didn't hear anything about it, but um, it's kind of like they try to try to limit themselves in the sense that they felt it's safer to play the like the safe goals basically because if you cross it in you basically lose possession right like you get a free chance obviously but you lose possession in that sense so i think when you have more skilled players because obviously these guys are all skilled no one doubts no one doubts their skill really but uh when you have like really good players facing each other you usually try to limit the rng as much as you can you only saw it like when people were like struggling and like in panic like okay i'm down like two goals and then you saw the flickups come out a couple times right yeah but in a general sense it was like people were trying to play possession people were trying to score safe goals and like played into the box or whatever like as (laughs) as much as that's possible in this game anyway but You did see like the first time, the first time, the first time shots, obviously, and the croquetas and all all that. But oh yeah, the croquetas a ton. And if anything, more than the tornadoes, we ended up seeing quite a bit of those. But we saw a lot. uh, People were pretty happy to pull the trigger in terms of just scooping the ball up on the wing and Mm -hmm. putting those. I guess were not out of order. If there was an agreement, or and if there wasn't, they didn't feel that was RNG enough to put them at risk. Mm -hmm. But Okay, so essentially for me as well, that whole weekend league, the most important game for me, not weekend league, sorry, that whole tournament was the Kurt versus Tex. I mean, that's what I was kind of waiting for as soon as we realized that 
that matchup was going to happen. It's kind of for everyone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for everyone, literally, because the peak viewership was during that match, a quarterfinal, not during the final. So, I mean, that says it all. And overall, for me, you know, credits to Tex, obviously, but a reason why I wanted to talk about this game specifically is because um, I don't think it was a good representation of FIFA because, and it was never going to be because the game was horrible. A lot of the mm-hmm. goals were horrible, and overall, I think um just every i don't think there was a good goal until there were like five or six goals within that game so i mean that in general dude there weren't good goals like we were watching the first day like nine hours in like a nine hour stream we were watching it and we were desperately looking for good goals throughout the whole tournament like we saw we saw like a couple from kurt and like the other ones like there were like a couple a couple in the entire tournament there was there were there were it's not even that their intention to score those goals, but like there was there was something wrong with pretty much all the goals. Like <laughs> either there was an interception or it was a bad pass, or like there was something wrong with every goal, like somewhere down the line, you know? It didn't have to be in the end phase of the goal or in the first phase of the goal, but there was like somewhere down the buildup or whatever how the goal was scored. There was always like something iffy about it, right? Yeah, absolutely. In the end, when it was all said and done, it was a one-point game. If you don't know how it works, if you're listening, basically uh, these guys, they play two legs against each other. And so whoever wins on aggregate goes through. And I just want it without without showing the goals on stream uh, because I, we'll, we'll just like kind of explain how they went, right? And then for every mm-hmm. goal, we'll see, we'll, we'll discuss about it. But basically, Kurt's first goal, he gets a free kick. Off the free kick, he takes it <laughs> short. He does two croquettas. He does a two croquetta, takes a touch, does another croquetta, and then shoots on Ronaldo's left foot from the left side of the pitch to go far post and it goes in. The reason I thought it was horrific was beyond, you know, the the croquetas. It was because at the end of the day, that shot went through Van Dyke's leg, who was manually selected by Tex, but even if he wasn't, Van Dyke was right there. It went through his legs in a slide tackle. And so, you know, it was a bad goal, even though a lot of us here are Kurt fans you you have to be you know you have to be objective right we, we were rooting for him to be fair the entire tournament like we we were we were hoping he would win it but like yeah we're still gonna fucking call out the bad goals and it's not necessarily his, his fault it's the game's oh, no, fault no, no, like no, no, it, no. that it's built like that absolutely uh it's kind of like when your team you're playing a rival and you score a really bad goal right you're gonna you're gonna cheer you're gonna be like let's go mm-hmm. dude bad mm-hmm. goal man i remember uh, when Roma beat Lazio with an own goal and it was the worst game ever, that <laughs> game went down in history because it's just the bats, the meme. You beat the people you hate the most with a horrible goal. You always want yeah, that. You know, the yeah. meme in Roma is like, I hope we beat Juventus with an offside goal. You know, like you just want it. You know, it's not right, but it's just the yep. meme. Anyways, text ties it with a first time shot in the, bo- in the box, like the classic FIFA 19 shot. Kickoff. Off kickoff as well, yeah. And um, I don't remember if this one was mistimed, but I don't think so. But anyways, it's a first-time shot in the box. So, alrighty, it's 1-1. It's horrible goals. Like, none of them, regardless of what who you support, none of them are good goals, right? And Tex goes up to one And this is kind of the goal where I'm kind of, uh, you know, 50-50 on maybe you can give it to him in terms of, like, is it a good, or, a good goal or not? And it's like he does two elasticos in a row, which we've already deemed. Uh, do you remember when it was shown how he did, like, the five elasticos in a row? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So it's already like not that impressive anymore. 
and then he goes through a few people and then the shot goes through a few people and if you actually look closely it's blocked by two it's blocked by two and kurt's selected player viera auto slides when he pressed no slide button right he just auto slides Mm -hmm. out the way and so he's taking the lead and the game the first leg ends sort of 2-1 which was you know was it deserved was it not it doesn't matter at the end of the day all three of those goals were really bad and then in the second leg tex goes up one nil to make it um three one on aggregate and it's an orange timed near post shot and i don't know why i don't know maybe you can like tell me why do you think no one said anything about this like besides the fact that it was orange time no one seemed to care that it was in the near post and it went around the, the goalkeeper back. is right there and, and the, the goalkeeper yeah. is right there as well yeah i don't know dude like for some reason we think it's normal for people to score first po- first post shots when the goalkeeper's there even though if that happens in real life the goalkeeper should always have that or it's a mistake like 99 percent of the time like we'll we'll blame the goalkeeper, right? In real life, if you score a first first post shot, the goalkeeper should always be there. So that is such a common goal in FIFA, and we always just accept it for what it is. And it's to be fair, it's been in it's been in previous FIFAs as well. And I, I just yeah, I don't get it. Like and no it, idea. It's it's weird because it's uh to go a bit on a bit on a tangent, you know, a lot of people would say that uh, shooting is one of them things that just alternates year in and year out. One year near post will be OP, one year far post will be OP. I don't understand why that changes. I don't think it should ever change. That's one of the fundamentals of football because it relates to goalkeeper positioning. Obviously, there are moments mm-hmm. for which in which for near post shot makes sense. Like if you're bang smack in the middle, you should be able to shoot whichever side you want, more or less. But where Tex was in that situation, he was so far out. There was a center back cover covering the near post, and the mm-hmm. keeper was on the near post. It was mind, and it was orange. Like, and then no one said anything. No one said anything. And I think the most important thing to say here, as sort of a disclaimer, is that um, we're not saying that we're not taking away credit from Tex. We're taking away credit from the game because I'm the first to say that if the game was good and Tex knew he was playing a good game, he'd be the first that in that position would never take the shot. He just takes the shot because the game makes him take the shot because he knows exactly. it's going to work in that shot. And I think You know what the problem is though? Like people are so happy someone plays a normal build-up goal in the box that they take for granted everything that comes after it, right? And they're like whatever, like he at least tried to score a normal goal or whatever. People are relieved. Like I felt like we were we were taking the piss basically during the stream and we were laughing at it, but like we were we were positively surprised that a lot of people didn't try to El Tornado, like all these broken things that were in the game. They were like to a minimum, like the, people use them like occasionally, but we expected them way more. So people were like present, pleasantly surprised. Oh, they're actually trying to play football for what it's worth. So I think after like people try to not be as critical as we are, obviously, because we we see those things. And we can't we can't ignore them anymore because we like instantly see it and it's like triggering us basically so yeah i think that's maybe the difference with like i don't know people that watch it casually or whatever yeah but this uh you know this is also why you know both uh being you last year we were both in a position where we were like we hate this game fifa 18 we hate this game and essentially you see if you take away tornadoes and croquetas out of fifa 19 it's you have a lot of the same flaws from FIFA 18, right? It's just 
Agreed. Yeah. Uh, a worse dribbling version of FIFA 18, if you take those. And so... Way worse. Yeah. <laughs> way worse. So, <laughs> so I, guess, I guess in a way, if you want to be like silver lining about it, all these tornadoes and croquetas uh, made it so bad that it made people so desperate to look for explanations. And it, I guess it created a window of opportunity for us to like say... You know, tornadoes are bad, but also passing is bad, and people start listening, right? Because they mm-hmm. weren't they weren't listening last year. Yeah, that's true. True. But anyways, three one on aggregate, right? And then Tex goes two 0 up in the second leg, makes it four one on aggregate, and this goal was a unanimously oh. agreed goal, right? <laughs> it was just he shoots, keeper fumbles it, tapping, just horrible. It's the broken rebound, dude. Yeah, yeah. So unanimously agreed upon, it's a bad goal. So it's four one on aggregate. All of them are like. Eh. Like all bad goals, and then finally Kurt scores one, uh, probably the first completely fine goal, and it's four two in aggregate. Uh, honestly, it was a beautiful goal, but that ball should have been intercepted in midfield as well. True. <laughs> like it, True. It, it, like I think it's like a, it, it's literally right next to a, like one of one of Texas midfielders, and like he lunges for the ball and it and he misses it, and and the attack goes on and he scores. But fair enough. But the goal was absolutely beautiful. Yeah, yeah. he did the whole shielding mechanic yep. with R nine to get by. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then Tex scores right after that on kickoff to make it 5-2 on aggregate with a first-time shot that oh, goes boy. through the defender, right? <laughs> so it's, From outside the box. Yeah, it's just like, what is this? You know, it's just you see it on stream, you see oh, it everywhere. The, let me let me interrupt you. The 5-2, like the last goal Tex scores, the commentator says Tex saw the space and, and took the shot. But there was no space to take the shot. The guy was literally blocking it. And yeah. He went through his legs. And I'm like, how, how as a commentator, how are you saying Tex saw the space? They're like, blows my mind, dude. <laughs> blows maybe, my mind. Maybe it was a meme. Maybe it was being said. There was like a hidden Tony Stark. I don't know. I hope. I hope. I really hope so. But I mean, I, I can't blame it. In the heat of the moment, God knows what you could say. True, but, true, true. And then Kurt scores a pen. Were you going to say a pen to make it 5-3? It's like, it has to be a good goal because it's a pen. So whatever. It didn't go through anyone. And then in like the last second, Kurt scores a goal, which uh, when I saw his face expression, it was the same face expression I had when I went to the stadium to watch the second leg of Roma Liverpool. And we scored in the last second to make the difference one goal. And it just made it worse because it made you <laughs> that much closer. But you knew it was never going to happen. Yeah. Uh, it was a good goal. Good goal. He waited for the goalkeeper movement to be done. And then he took his decision to which side to shoot. Just had a good angle. And so overall, 5-4 in aggregate, and here we are with like literally maybe one to three good goals. Thoughts? <laughs> <sighs> I think people, I don't know if they consider, obviously Texas proven it by winning a lot of tournaments, but like for, for most people, even if it's just the sentiment or whatever, like it was the most exciting game and we feel like it's two of the most skilled players in the game, right? Mm-hmm. If this is the representation, like this is the game that everyone's been looking for and like been waiting for, wanted to see, if these are the goals that are being scored. Well, we kind of knew this already, but FIFA 19 is like a joke competitively, in my opinion. Like you can't look at this game and think, oh man, these guys have worked for their goals or did anything really special there, you know? Yeah. And that's that's the problem. Like it's it's the same thing. Like Tex plays like a lot of other players do as well, like the drop back, like play super defensive. And if you look at it from a perspective, okay, 
we're not going to do broken things, right? We're not going to do croquetas. We're not going to do uh, tornadoes. We're not. We're just going to play passing football and try to break it down. It's pretty much impossible, especially with the attacking AI in this game. Like the way it is, there's no space. Like there, there's never any space. Like there's, there's like three lines that you have to break through, and the dribbling is so bad that even if you get through, you start hunching over, and someone tackles you, and you lose the ball. So. I get why they do the croquetas. It's the most it's the most broken skill move, but I get why he needs it cuz like that is the only thing that gives you an inch of space. Like there's no other thing to use. Like what else are you going to do? Yeah, and you can you can't dribble normally. I think Tex winning so many tournaments and dominating the way he has now in this game. I wish he was like 2 years older so he could have done this a few years before yeah, earlier true. because um it's just you, you look at the equivalent of what a Tex offensive player would be in FIFA 17, and the answer is obvious. It's Gorilla. And when you watch Gorilla in FIFA 17, I personally was like, damn, you know, I would never play like you do because it's different philosophies. But like once he got into the final 15 to 20 meters, the speed and the decisions and all these goals he would get that were clear cut 1v1s were just amazing. All right. And in FIFA mm-hmm. 18, Tex himself, you know, the game was horrible, but Tex managed to get a lot of really good looking goals. A lot of ones that I thought were really bad because of passing, but a lot of phenomenal goals. And now we have this game where he's scoring just as much because he's adapted and that's what he has to do. But the amount of goals that you look that are as good as the ones he scored in 18 are so small, like the amount of those that happen. And it's just a testament to how bad this game really is when the best player, the best offensive player in the world cannot replicate what he was doing just 12 months let, earlier. Let me, let me put it this way. Like you played 19, you were, you were, you were saying this a couple weeks back to me. I don't, I don't know if you said this on the podcast, but you, like right now, what do you, what, what caliber player are you weak in league status wise? What do you think you are? Uh, elite barely. Okay. So you you were like an elite one player at the like you were a top 100 player at the start and like it degrade like it went down right as sure. as the teams as the team so you got like elite 1 you would get elite 3 you would get elite 2 so it like differs but now if you play a lot of players do you feel like you're worse or that they're better than you Oh absolutely not Okay like so you said there's like one player you felt like was like when you played him you're like okay this guy's really good right Yeah I played him in qualifiers yeah. Okay. So when we were in seventeen, it we were we were top one hundred players in seventeen. But when we saw competitive players playing the game, like Gorilla, we saw them all playing. We were actually impressed. Like this guy's quality, right? Like, yeah. Purely based on like how they were playing, we were like, okay, this guy, like his player switching is next level. His skills are next level. The way he the way he performs the things like even though we were top 100 players we were still really impressed by like okay this guy's like another caliber right mm-hmm. how is it that like as the game progressed our level went down and we still look at the top players and now we're not impressed anymore well that's because it, it it's all relative because you say our, like our results went down, but I've, uh, personally, yeah, yeah, I personally, I think, obviously, yeah, true, true. I think my level went up, which is the irony. I think uh, it's just again, it's not a mystery. the The reason is that you know all the fundamentals that were things that you needed to master before are irrelevant now. It's completely irrelevant because you have, in, and this is when you get into the discussion: is it possible to compete? at a high level consistently without abusing the mechanics and the answer is obviously 
no. But if there, it is possible, you have a very small window window of opportunity. Yeah, that's very true. Very true. But like you think when you're a top 100 player, you have the arrogance to say, okay, I'm, 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 I'm as good as this guy, right? This guy that's competing, I can get to this level. Well, obviously you still think you can get to this level, but even as like a player that's doing really well, you can see, okay, this guy's even like a, a level above that. Right. And it's weird to me, like how, when your results go down, you, you, well, our results went down. We're still looking at these top players and we're like, no, you're not even that good. Like, yeah, not all of them, obviously, because there's there are some that's that you still see. OK, they have this extra quality. But like there's a lot of top 100 players that I look at right now. I'm like, dude, if you would play in a good game, you would struggle. Yeah. And that's that's the thing that really irks me about these games that keep coming out now. And I hope FIFA 20 is better. But oh man, I, I have a tough time being positive after all these games have went <laughs> down. But like, who knows, man? I hope I hope. Yeah, I don't blame you, but, uh, you know, haters are going to say that we're just uh, salty and we can't accept that they're just talented at the game, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but jokes jokes aside, if I look, if I try to answer the question objectively, like, can you compete without abusing the mechanic? I think the first thing, the mechanics, the first thing you need to address is all the people that would say yes, because, uh, and we hinted at this earlier, because Kurt does it without abusing the mechanic look i'm a kurt fan when i see him at events you know i'm a a ps4 player but i don't care about watching the ps4 side even though it's the same players that i played in qualifiers because i want to see what kurt does because it's entertaining as hell and he plays good football but you can't come to me and tell me he doesn't abuse la croqueta because he does and it's not it's not his fault he has to Right. And there's no shame in saying that you can be objective. You have to be objective about people. You can, you know, just because you're a fan doesn't mean you can't be objective. And it's not blasphemy to say he abuses La Croqueta because he does. Agreed. And so when you address that, the second thing that you do is you answer the thing that I said earlier. I said something about you have a window of opportunity before it's too late and you start, you have to start abusing the mechanics because if like you said if we look at my trajectory of levels personally which is obviously the the limitations of that is that you know it's one data point it's not everyone and it's just my own experience but in my own experience first weekend league of the year you know get into kind of get your feet wet get used to it second weekend league of the year had a game plan went in there with my 433 played how i want to play and I hit 29 and one, right? So it was the the last chance to qualify. Basically, you had two weekends to qualify for the, or to get 27 wins and to be foot champions verified and so be eligible for the first qualifier. And I did that. And it was a pretty good achievement in the sense that there were incredible pros 10 times better than me who couldn't do that because they couldn't adapt fast enough. And um, there were only, there were less than 200 people in Europe, right, who did that. So, plus you did it with a shitty team, to be fair. Yeah, my team was like, don't even get me started. My team was uh, nowhere near the level of teams that I faced when I ended up going into that qualifier. And so, that's the answer. You can compete. Some, like this year, you could have competed without abusing the mechanics, but there was such a small window of opportunity because fast forward, like, I don't know how much it was, like two two weeks, maybe a month after that top 100 finish, and I played the qualifiers, and all of a sudden, I'm playing 
top level pros who are way better than me and they have teams that are about 8 million more coins than mine. <laughs> and that's the first qualifier and that's the qualifier I did the best in. But I struggled. I went 3-0 and in my first games in Swiss style. And then everything came crashing down and I lost to two people, one of which was one of the players that I thought was class and one of which ended up qualifying anyways, right? And then one was kind of questionable. And that was it. That's when my window of opportunity closed within one month because after that, guess what? <laughs> the meta changed. <laughs> the meta, everyone knew about chaining Croquetas. Everyone saw all the pros' <coughs> weekend league recap where they saw the first time finesses. And the keeper movement became necessary. And all of a sudden, all the fundamentals that were carrying me couldn't carry me anymore, right? Yeah. And all that was left for me to do was um, was to play weekend league. And from then on until I'd say like April, it was still possible for me to get elite one in weekend league. But then as soon as Tots started, team of the season, even that went out the window. Now it's not possible to get... To get I don't think it's possible to get elite one in bad gameplay without not even using a croquette. Like I just, I don't see it. I don't see it. Yeah, I'd say I'd agree because it obviously it breaks the game even more with a lot of OP cards and people spamming the same shit over and over and over again. So I get it, man. Like it's, it's, it's hard. I'm, I'm happy. I'm not like, I, I watch your streams now and then and like I sit in the party watching your games and, it's 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 bad man like i'm happy i don't play this game right now like it's it's really bad so yeah i'd say i'd say the same thing man it's it's impossible to, to be fair if everyone if everyone stopped doing um broken mechanics but they would still play drop back it'd be a terrible like it'd still be a terrible game like it'd be so boring like it, it'd be so hard to score as well cuz like how are you going to make space for yourself Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that's like the last hurdle to sort of uh, tackle on the subject is that I would take it even a step further. Say that no one plays drop back. No one plays ever per turns on t team pressure, team press, whatever. And o everyone only uses balanced defensive mentalities to avoid the OP factor that it, <laughs> they like all uh, have. And no one does flick up crosses. This is going to be a long list, by the way. No one does alternados. <laughs> no one does croquetas. No one does first time shots like through people, right? Even then, this game is not playable because all the fundamentals that we have sort of outlined throughout this year, either in the podcast or uh, throughout my videos, still exist. And the the most important one probably is the sort of yin-yang uh, factor between offensive AI and defensive AI. The defensive AI drops back and never stays flat. And the offensive AI is so poor that you can never have that last pass that you used to have in older FIFAs in the box to cut someone open. So essentially, the only way you can score is uh, to shoot through someone or to push the defense so far back that you pass into the striker, turn and shoot, and the defender can't do anything because defender agility is just awful. True. So, really, even if everything was good, there's nothing you can do. There really isn't. You know. I agree, man. Like this is the problem. Like I'm, I'm glad we're we're nearing the end stages of this game because I think I think evil even play people that play this religiously because maybe they liked it. I think even they are tired of this, man. Like <laughs> there needs to be there needs to be a different game. 
in before all our comments are like, I love this game. I don't want it to end. I haven't seen a lot of those, man. I've seen some, but I haven't seen a lot of those to be fair. So I'm not too worried about that. <laughs> yeah. Plus maybe, maybe results. Like maybe if you do well in this game, you obviously start liking it, but I don't know. It's more so that you really have to shut off your brain to be good at this game. Yeah. And that's, that's also kind of why a lot of my comments about FIFA 20 were so, I guess, cautious slash negative because I, I am completely aware that a game without croquetas and tornadoes and all that stuff is still nowhere near game good enough right so yeah yeah is what it is but i guess i guess we'll call it there and let's see is there are there any questions oh i do want to say a couple okay. things still about the competitive scene though i want um one the prize money is terrible yeah for a game that for a game that like brings in so much by selling packs with microtransactions whatever they it's a joke. Like it's really a joke. If you compare this to Fortnite and uh, even to well, maybe Call of Duty. Yeah, I'd say even to Call of Duty. Like these games have way more tournaments and have way bigger prize pools than than what than what EA does. And even if they didn't want to like spend their own money and they don't want to give you more prize money, they could do something what, what Halo did. They could sell s- certain skins or like certain cosmetics that go strictly to to the prize pool, right? Yep. There's there's solutions for this, but like to these prize pools are a joke, man. They've they went they went up from last year, but it's still not enough. Especially considering like if you play Fortnite, you don't have to put anything in the game. You just buy a PC and play. But if you want to compete in this game, you have to put thousands of euros in there. Like it's so it's so it's such a joke that like what you get for it is not enough, man. I feel like that's the biggest factor, though. The fact that we're, we're comparing it to free-to-play games or just a games that, you know, you pay the price of the game and that's it, like COD. Yeah. FIFA, you need to pay and then you need to invest in uh, in FIFA points. Like, you have no other choice uh, or your club has to sponsor you. And I think, I don't understand. Maybe there's something behind the scenes that I, we just don't know. But, like, if you wanted to fund it, literally all you could do is that you have your set plans for, uh, what's it called? lightning rounds every team of the year how about this you start one hour earlier than usual every year now and that one out that first lightning round funds all the prize pools that's it you literally need one lightning round because they go out in a second and people are gonna buy every round every round they go extinct anyways it's it's not it's not even just that but they can literally make like cosmetics like esports teams like stuff like that they don't even have to sell packs that people could choose to buy specifically to support esports or whatever you know like that's what that's what the that's what halo did for example so in that sense they don't even have to sell packs they could they could sell really cheap cosmetics to just go towards that prize pool if they don't they really don't want to spend any of their own money which they make plenty of (laughs) so (laughs) this is just like this is just a sort of compromise to at least make make people uh or make 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 their make their trouble worthwhile basically for competitive players yeah, but I guess someone in the chat, Salmler, said the game shouldn't be played for money in the first place. I'm not sure why people complain about that. I mean, it it still is. Like I kind of agree because this game is a mess, but it's still played for money. And I think for the for the trouble that people put into the game and the money they put into the game to compete, I think they should be rewarded more than this. Yeah, I mean, if you're saying if you're saying uh, you think you don't think FIFA 19 should be played for money, like I agree. If you think FIFA in general, then I disagree. 
Awesome. That's going to be it. If you're watching, you know, on YouTube, leave a comment down below what you want to see be spoken about next. Uh, Persian, as always, thank you so much. Thank you. And until next time, peace out, guys. Peace.